I'm going to go off script here at the beginning just a minute to say how thankful I am to be part of this church and how thankful I am to be part of the church. Um, the gift of music this morning, uh, Susan, uh, Caleb, Ethan, John, David, what a gift you gave to God in worship and allowed us to participate in that gift. And Laura and Jason and Adam, uh, your stories were just uh, thrilling. Um, I'm going to add one thing that Laura didn't mention is that, that uh, the church that she grew up in was the first church that I pastored and was part of that community. And so Laura and her family also helped me to become a better pastor, and I'm so thankful for them. It all comes around in the end, and that was a, a long time ago, as you might imagine. So graduation is on our minds, right? You high school seniors still have a month to go but you're already tasting your freedom. And EMU's graduation is just a couple of hours from now, a couple of blocks from here, and others are around the corner. When we think of graduation, we think of freedom, understandably. No more required eight o'clock classes, no more assigned readings, no more deadlines for turning in papers, after we fling our mortarboards in the air, we have more choices than we did before. We take on what we want to take on and we set our own schedules and priorities. Thing is, actual freedom is more complicated than that. All of you soon to be grads, a word of caution. When you graduate, you gain some freedom and you lose some. And you let go of some burdens and you take others on. Freedom is not an absolute value. To be fully human is to be both free and bound at the same time. To be healthy and joyful and whole we need to learn how to navigate the various freedoms and bonds that make up our life in this world. The story we heard from Acts 16 today is all about that complexity. There's a host of different characters here in this story struggling to be free while being bound. The first one mentioned, and the most tragic, is the slave girl, a beloved daughter of God who was enslaved in multiple ways. She had owners who made money off her, controlled her every move, and likely abused her in various ways. She's also described as being possessed by a spirit of divination. But the owners themselves were also captive to their greed, their need to be in control, to lord it over others. So they lived in constant fear of losing that control and losing their revenue source to the point that the healing of one young girl completely unhinged them. And they were made captive to their rage and fear and acted accordingly, stirring up an angry mob. The mob was also captive 
They did not each make an independent and free choice to pick up clubs and attack and beat Paul and Silas. They were gripped by a collective fear that their city was being threatened and mob psychology overtook and controlled them. And then, of course, Paul and Silas were made captive with physical stocks and chains and shackles. And the jailkeeper was even captive, since the security of that prison rested entirely on his shoulders, to the point that when the prison doors flew open and the chains fell off the prisoners, he was so controlled by the shame, he tried to kill himself. Until Paul and Silas intervened to prevent the suicide and bring him to faith in Jesus. So the most obvious captives in the story, the slave girl and the prisoners, end up being the most free. And those who controlled the slaves and prisoners are shown to be the most captive. Freedom is complicated. The God of the Bible is a God who is committed to our freedom. From the Hebrew scriptures to the stories of the early church, from the great exodus out of slavery in Egypt to the deliverance of evil spirits, to release from prison, to healing from diseases, to resurrection from death, God is always interested in our being free. But that does not mean freedom to do as we please, when we please, to whom we please. Biblical-style freedom is more than escape from restriction. God wants us to be free to become fully human. Free from whatever holds us back from God's intent for us. From anything that obscures the image of God that's in us. From whatever prevents the, the light of God's love to be shining through our lives from that which obstructs God's purposes in the world. God wants us to be free of all of that. In a real sense, freedom is the capacity to choose to whom we are bound. We, as followers of Jesus, freely bind ourselves to Jesus. And we bind ourselves to other followers of Jesus. And we bind ourselves to God, the, our creator. And we bind ourselves to the well-being of this world God created and everyone in it. That's the connection between belonging and freedom. Belonging to others means you create a bond with them. A bond. And we all need bonds to be healthy. We all need attachments. 
But bonds and attachments are, by definition, in tension with freedom. Bonds define the limits of our freedom. We are free to make choices, but we know that some choices will test or strain or even fracture those bonds. So we choose accordingly. So graduates, enjoy your newfound freedom. It's real. Bask in it. Throw the mortarboards. But you will still be bound to someone or something. Choose well who and what you bind yourself to. Above all, bind yourself to the one who made you. The one who loves you unconditionally. The one who will continually delight in you as you live out of your best self, as you fulfill your created purpose and help others to do the same. And I hope it's abundantly clear by now to the rest of you, to all of us, that no matter our age or stage in life, this message is not just for new graduates, but is, in fact, the challenge every one of us continues to face each and every day. May our God help us. Amen.